0: Hi audience, welcome to the Zed Ed podcast. My name is RJ and I go by he, him pronouns. I'm
1: Cam, she, her.
0: I'm Liam, he, him. And then we have a special guest today. What is your name? <laughs> uh,
2: my name is Dorian Elliott and I use she, her pronouns.
0: Awesome. How did you become a theater director slash teacher?
2: If you've met me and had taken a class with me then you know that I have a very unusual learning journey of how I ended up where I was. And I had, though I have always been in theater, always my entire life i remember watching my first shakespearean my first play was was twelfth night by shakespeare at the university of alberta and my stepmother was doing her degree in the production side of theater so i would spend many a weekend in the production room at u of a just Mm. watching the absolute amazingness of these people pulling together costumes and sets and the lighting, and all that world. And then I saw the actors, and I was like, this (laughs) is spectacular. How old were you? Five. Five. So my first play that I saw that wasn't like street theatre, Edmonton's really cool. It has a French festival that's very well-known throughout Canada and internationally. So the arts community in Edmonton is very vibrant. It's awesome. And that's sort of where I grew up. And then my first real play in a theatre was this... Was 12th night, and I was completely enamored, even though I was yeah. like, What are they? What are they? Talking about? <laughs> right? Um, I got the gist of the mistaken identity and cross dressing and stuff. But I, I like school. I'm one of those people. I didn't like school as in the structures or the system. How about I rephrase? I like learning. I get very mm-hmm. oh, excited good. to learn new things. So I enjoyed lots of aspects of school, including sciences and math. And I took theater and sciences and math and English in there. Like my, I also took my... I was really into English as well. That's cool. But when you graduate, a lot of people, then maybe, and now, my families were like, there's not any jobs in the arts. They were coming from that side of things. They also were very, not anti-university, but thinking that school tends to cater and push students into university and university is really expensive but it doesn't always give you workable skills that you can mm-hmm. take into them. Mm-hmm. so they were kind of anti-school kind of anti-arts without knowing it these were just their worries their biases yeah. really. right that makes sense and then they were kind of not into the school system public school system they thought they disappointed and let a lot of kids down and didn't always cater to kids that were struggling so I'm actually from a family that didn't, at the time, really <laughs> like the arts, university, or public school. And I am all That's those so things. I am like the like, <laughs> I'm like completely rebelled. I remember when I, I had many careers. Mm-hmm. I went into sciences. I wanted to work outdoors for a while, so I did my forestry technician's diploma. I have a degree in evolutionary ecology, which is interesting because ecology is the most story-based science story-based yes. like oh, you're telling you're looking at true. the stories of how animals and systems all work together and you're figuring out behavior of that's so cool right, right. and i kept gravitate, even though my talents laid more in chemistry and physics mm-hmm. i kept being like i want to know more about the story or that's what interested me so anyway kept going there and here i am now many years later Having gone to university so many times, I love school. I'm always going back for some reason, always doing training for theater because I love it. So I love school, I'm in the arts, and (laughs) I teach public school, so
0: what are you gonna do? So you're saying that it's like a storytelling thing. So Do you think that would be an impact to who you are today as a drama teacher?
2: Totally, because I like the psychology is really specific to humans and why we behave a certain way, and it goes into the brain science. And ecology is our best guess as human beings, putting ourselves into the perspective of every other creature Mm -hmm. other than humans. And also just systems, how waters, the geology, all shapes where we're at and what is happening in our communities. And it's just the story of how it's working. And then when you do theater, it's the story of how it's working with humans. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. I'm really drawn, I love story. So how
1: has the pandemic and quarantine affected your experience as a drama teacher and how have you had to adapt?
2: All of us have had to become very capable at change. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Was it challenging? Absolutely. So challenging. Last September of 2020 was one of the most stressful times in my personal and career life because they're very much overlapped. I really, some people need to work to live the rest of their life. I really need my job to be a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And so when things are challenging with my own children, and they were very stressed out about going to school with the pandemic my family, and then school all having to do a lot of changing all at once, which all of us did. Right. So I'm not alone in that. It was really challenging. It was like, how am I going to take what I've been doing for the past 15 years and completely change it? I found last year very stressful to be six feet apart, mm-hmm. no touching. I remember the first time our lovely stage manager, Holly, and she, I, I touched her back because I've known her since she was 12 years old. And I touched her back just to, like, get her attention or something. And mm-hmm. both of us were like, oh, my gosh, I just oh, touched yeah. you. Oh <laughs> Do you remember gosh. that? Yeah. What that was mm-hmm. like? Where you're like, and so she looked at me and I looked at her and I was like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, "Yo, it's okay. But it was also weird. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We yeah. were all trying to figure that out. Masks. I had a really hard time adjusting to wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. That alone. And in my opinion... The work that we did with our particularly our after school performance classes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. were very much bright spots last year. And mm-hmm. then also in my daytime acting classes, though it was quite there were so many of us we had to be very spread out. The work that we were able to still do, I really hung on to as being like, Oh yeah, this is the power.
0: Like while there's bad stuff,
2: there's also the good stuff that comes oh, out. Oh we mm-hmm. did that comedy set last year. Mm-hmm. We were moving into comedy, we realized we had to write our own play. No play exists for the pandemic at the time. They all were coming out. Now they do. Mm-hmm. Now you can buy plays that are pandemic proof. Yeah. But then the type of play that we were doing, we wanted it to be funny, light. Lots of things that happened that were quite heavy. We needed to just have fun. And so we wrote our own play, which the students will groan about as being, <laughs> oh, but it's actually hysterical. And there's a few moments in that play that are pure brilliant that, this, mm-hmm. that the students all wrote. And before we wrote it together, they did a comedy set. And they had four minutes that they had to go up and do a comedy set. And I went through and mm-hmm. said, you know, these are the 26 sort of established types of comedy. You can look them up. You can figure them out. You have one of them.
0: You made the students make it up. And that's what makes it fun for them to enjoy. Well, it was a it was set, fun, like a right? comedian. Yeah.
2: Like, hey, welcome oh, to the yeah. stage today, like a re- which is super high risk. That's you when like not- made them do stand-up? Yeah, that a was stand comedy. <laughs> they went up, and we actually, Rowan was host for the second one. I was host for the first one, and it was welcome right. to our comedy evening. Everybody get yeah. ready. Yeah. We t- tried to tell a few jokes to warm up the crowd. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another really wonderful student, Tori, did all 26 forms of comedy, Whoa. She went last and just did a joke that hit every form of comedy. I remember oh that. man, yes. it was uh, mm-hmm. extremely well executed, mm-hmm. and that was a to find that humor when we were all kind of really struggling
0: mm-hmm.
2: was spectacular.
0: So, but how did it feel like to be back performing?
2: Everyone working in that moment to create something right then and there it is so bonding and joining and so to sing and to move dance together is t- such an ensemble builder that that was another great thing we like to move and to sing together it was it was very i i really miss singing like like jamming with your friends and family <laughs> you know what i mean it's yes. it's such a beautiful thing to do and we it's been so long
0: No. You teach a lot of subjects and make strong efforts to stay connected to all of your students. How do you manage slash organize yourself to be available for so many people and stay organized when teaching different classes?
2: A big part of teaching and learning for me is about connection. So making time for the students is the learning. It is the teaching, if that makes sense. So that makes it not the paperwork and the effort putting into planning the shows I'm making sure those run smoothly. A lot of that is done on my own time, and not on my own time, but I mean like alone. The actual, but that's not a lot of teaching and learning is happening there because I'm just kind of planning over on the side. Uh, and it is important to plan. You have to plan. If you don't have a plan, you can kind of feel a little bit lost. Right. But the when I'm actively engaged in conversations, that is teaching and learning. But so's, man. I'm really struggling with my English class, and I mm-hmm. I need. I need to kind of figure out how to work with this adult who has more power than me, but I need them to understand this and blah, blah, blah. blah. That's just as much teaching and learning. Right. That is that is what school is. That's what, that's, you're teaching me. I'm trying to problem solve with you. It's a collaboration. So it's that's the actual part of the job to me. And the rest is the plan to make that happen.
0: Would you say then that it's important to have like a bond with like your students to establish that learning?
2: Yes. A bond may not, I mean, I'm the only drama teacher here and sometimes I lament that because it's quite possible that you walk into a class and you are just like, I don't jive with this teacher. That happens. That happens all the time. (laughs) You're just different people. That's normal. But when you're the only person uh, Mr. Sukachev has that as well, he's the only metalwork teacher. He's such a cool guy, I mean, right. or the only Japanese teacher. There's a few of us who are like, there's just one. Mm-hmm. And so you hope that you can be all the things that 99.99% your students need, but that may or may not happen. So yes, the bond is definitely important, mm-hmm. with the idea that you may even have to be more than just that, because there may be people that don't bond to you naturally
0: which is okay yeah right? which is
2: totally okay yeah. and so then you have to find space for that person as well and there's lots of fabulous teachers here at kss that mm-hmm. are really good at that it's mm-hmm. awesome
1: and you not only teach drama but like i had you for art class you teach yeah. careers you do link how do you keep yourself organized <laughs> <That's laughs> Doing you <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like am, I remember, you also said like you also taught English too. Like what was that like? I've
2: taught I've taught a lot. I've taught biology and science to nine and ten English nine, video production seven eight nine. Information technology way back when. Information away. technology, <laughs> yeah. Miss
0: Elliot. Yeah,
2: that was that was purely like this is before. This is a long time ago. This is before like PowerPoints and or slide Google Slides were ubiquitous and everyone knew oh, how to do them. And so just okay. like even having to set up a word doc to so am teaching these like kids to <laughs> do this computer work, it was yeah. very fun. We mm-hmm. ate a lot of donuts. Um, great. The yeah, I I like to teach. Just generally I like to work with people and learn together. I love everything there is I'm totally into that as a student and as a teacher. Just it's fun for me. How I keep organized and project based. So I kind of tackle like one project at a time. Mm-hmm. I have to chunk it up that way and then I take a little break and then I do a different project. Careers so fun. I really enjoyed teaching Careers Ten. Oh yeah. I feel like yeah. I'm figured out how oh, I want, I also feed them a lot of donuts, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is 10. Okay, You're the favorite you, teacher, just like, kind of really you acts. just said you liked it, you like
0: feed every class but drama class I donuts.
2: know, I don't feed drama class donuts because I don't want donuts <laughs> on the theater floor. That's fair, that is fair. I know, I'm like, we're all on sock feet
1: and I
2: don't, I, I, think I don't we know. have
1: enough energy to begin with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think theater yes. kids would be
2: bouncing off. That's <laughs> true. No, it's just a different thing because we can't have food in the theater, but career students, I think it's, you go in naturally being a little like, I'm forced to take this class. Acting 11 and 12, no one is forced to take that class. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I need to apply them with goodies to <laughs> make sure <Goodies>. they <laughs> <help> open, <laughs> open it up and make sure they know they're in a good, safe space.
0: Could you explain the purpose of why we do two-minute meditation and circle statement at the beginning of each drum class? What are the reasons behind it, and what benefits does it provide to the class?
2: It is a routine which is really important to have a routine. When you go wake up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, the way you live, where very routine creates safety because you know what to predict. Mm-hmm. So when you create predictable ways of routine within the drama class, then people know what they're doing. They know what's going to come next, mostly, because it's a really unpredictable class. Mm-hmm. Lots of things are happening. So the, that's one. And then the routine that I chose was the mindful minute because you need that practice as an actor. Dare say you need that practice as a human being. But you need to be able to focus on the here and now, forgetting what's going on around you, being in the moment, being, reading, being very observant and mm-hmm. reading what's being given from other actors in the situation or what's expected of you in that situation you need to memorize and giving your brain a conscious break. Not just Elliot evidence, but is scientifically and in psychological studies proven to improve memory. So if you are learning how to focus and giving your brain a break from the constant flow of thoughts, most of them repeated, then you are giving space for new information to come in, to be organized, Mm, calm. It calms your adrenal glands, so that fight-or-flight response that, quite honestly, how can you not have when you're in the hallways during the busy times? Mm -hmm. You are just trying to, like get through and some people are bigger than you or taking up the hallway and or going really slow or too fast or yeah. it's mm-hmm. stressful so your fight or flight response is going at that point and then you come into drama and I'm like okay let's I already have lots of energy and I'm asking you to take lots of risks so your adrenal glands mm-hmm. are just even more like oh my god what's <laughs> happening that makes sense. Um, yeah. so it just gives us a chance to center that calm down have a nap if you're really into it focus and doing that as a group is so interesting because people, even when I talk grade seven, people just do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They secretly, maybe they would never admit it, I don't know. They secretly need it or yeah. want it. I should say want it. I don't know I it means. But they are, I remember one student who was like, this is such a joke. I hate this mindful minute. And then the <laughs> following <laughs> semester. And they keep sleeping. No, no. Well, I just... You know, afterwards he'd just be like, oh, whatever, I know, I just think about what I have to do and whatever. And then we were doing some work later on, or maybe it was the next year, he was in May 11 and we were doing 12. And he's like, I'm having a really hard time getting into this role. Like, I just, I'm all over the place. Can we just do a two minute? Can we just, like, have a mind moment? In? Yo, And I'm like, like, everybody stop, <laughs> everybody stop. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just focus on what just happened.
0: As a drama teacher, theater teacher, what would you think would be your opinion on the current education system? What would you think is working well and what would you think could possibly use some improvement?
2: The education system here in BC is different than in Alberta, mm-hmm. is different everywhere has its own curriculum. It's very provincially focused mm-hmm. and then SD23 has its own mindset that it puts out. And mm-hmm. I, I just was pointing to... That Central Okanagan Public Schools Draft Strategic Plan is what I'm pointing to. And it is very big in terms of the scope, like how much it covers. But I really like where things are going and I think people's education has changed a lot in the past 50 years, right. dare say. Yeah. And I am lucky, I don't know if I just surround myself with people that way or if it's around the whole district, or I don't know, but I have worked with some of the most amazing educators in my life at the three schools I've worked at, Rutland Middle, at Dr. Knox, and here. They really care about teaching. Mm -hmm. Like it's not even just teaching theater or teaching math or teaching whatever, it's the idea of being excited about your students' learning and watching them grow and watching yourself grow and just engaging in that process, it's so fun. And the strategic plan, has all my goals, equity and excellence in learning, so system well-being. So the system itself is looking at trying to repair and not not damage, but help. and
0: Repair, like what do you mean,
2: sorry? So in the past, I think a lot of students slipped through the cracks mm-hmm. of the education system. I, certainly mm-hmm. my parents were mm-hmm. people that kind of thought that and maybe that happened to them. And that was the way the system worked, not necessarily the people in the system, like mm-hmm. the teachers themselves. And... The a strategic plan addresses that. We want to continuously examine our system so that fewer and fewer students are slipping through the cracks and don't have a connection to their learning, mm. which I think is an amazing goal.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Bring it on. Transformative leadership, the idea that we are transforming and meeting the needs of the learners as times change. Things are not the same as 100 years ago, and so we can't be mm-hmm. the same as 100 years ago, that whole thing family and community engagement so seeing the student in context of their whole experience in family and community and not just you coming to school your mm-hmm. little pawn in my classroom and then you leave you know <laughs> um, these are good things the yeah. little henchman uh, yeah your uh, yeah. like, hey, <laughs> <you're>, uh, <you're laughs> minion exactly <laughs> <through. laughs> <There's laughs> you pour some water on them and they're like
0: ah. right oh my gosh um, that, that
2: dates me that's an old movie um, <laughs> truth and reconciliation is built into that which is fabulous diversity and inclusion so looking at whole person's, their identity markers, what they're bringing to the table in terms of all of that context to meet their learning needs and not just saying that this cookie-cutter type of learning fits for everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. Respect, responsibility, equity, empathy, and honesty, something that teachers and educators, leaders, custodial staff, like staff, who work in schools and then also expecting that of students. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Right, oh my god. Um, Together Ideas, Together We Learn, to educate students in a safe, inclusive, equitable, and inspirational learning environment where each learner develops the attributes and competencies to flourish in a global community. Right? These are good ideas. Mm Right. I think that that's good. I think we're doing well as a district that way we just two students from this school went and went and advocated to the school board and now there are going to be universal washrooms in Mm -hmm. all middle schools and Mm -hmm. secondary schools it's this in practice Mm
1: -hmm.
2: people are adjusting and changing and hearing and yeah we're doing a good job things that i would love to see more of and this is what i'm very passionate about and is it a good fit for everyone i need to do more research but here's my thought i come from a place of positive psychology There's a lot of criticism around positive psychology, for sure, but the concept as a whole and parts of it really speak to me, which is positive psychologists do not see people as broken or as having something missing. Rather, they see all people as having potential to thrive given the right skills, strengths, social context, medical intervention, Mm -hmm. like whatever. Mm -hmm. Whatever that person needs, they have the potential to thrive in a way that will provide them contentness or happiness or
0: that's like a good like right right yeah that's a
2: that's this is like I don't when I see a student I'm not I I'm not like what are you missing Mm -hmm. and I don't think most teachers are and this strategic plan certainly doesn't right it's it follows this but I don't know if this is like how much this is taught in the classroom to you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or to teachers I've been out of my teacher training didn't really focus on this, but I've been teaching for 17 years, mm.
0: right? Does it feel like the concept of building a bond with your students and supportive leadership, system well-being, family and community engagement, stuff like that, that's like good concepts, right, for how to... Learn. What do you think of that? This is like is that you're saying this could be
2: improved? Well, well I can hear that you're hitting on that yeah, question. I is that like... this is the theory, mm-hmm. and then it's the practice, and does the practice yeah. match the theory? Mm-hmm. Like all things in the world, the theories of all sorts of things, theories of capitalism, theories of you know religious <laughs> doctrine, <laughs> the right. ideals are yeah. actually quite wonderful, and you can be like, wow, Marxism, you know, like cool. But when it's put into practice, and the way things are morphed, and it becomes interpreted in different ways that's where things Mm, can and, and so like this concept of positive psychology might be in educational programs teaching teachers now I don't know and do I think it's important for teachers to come from that place totally part two of my little idea is that teachers have to engage in critical pedagogy and role model that for students and that is a teaching philosophy that invites educators to encourage students to critique structures of power and oppression. So it encourages students to question and challenge inequalities that exist in their communities and in their learning. Like, Mm -hmm. who chose the stuff you're learning? What do you do see yourself in your learning? Question it, not just... Not just absorb it. There's this reflection of acknowledging how you learn, like your study habit. That and even more. Right. I'm totally name-dropping right now. I hate when pretentious academics do this, and I am doing it. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, it's actually so fun. Right. Um, There's a philosopher named Immanuel Kant who has this little snippet, and it's way bigger and there's lots of things to it, but he's like, the role of education is to initiate and not indoctrinate. Mm. This is what mm-hmm. I have to offer. This is what I know. This is what I think works.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I initiate you into my thinking, and then I'm not saying this is right, and anyone who ever says this is the right way of thinking is selling you something. There isn't, mm-hmm. What do you mean? This is right? <laughs> like, you know, like, this might be more equitable, this might be more responsible, this might be whatever, but right, okay. I can initiate you with my set and acknowledge that I have bias because I'm who I am and then you question is does that fit for me is that
0: Mm, does that my
2: value system that is critical pedagogy where it's not just a well so and so said this so it must be right but we (laughs) don't we live in a political structure we live in societies are innately political and there's power structures everywhere is that a bad thing no it's normal Mm -hmm. but we get afraid of the conversations which brings me to my next point the radical openness is what I try and practice. Am I super good at it? No. Mm-hmm. Am I constantly being like, oh, that was not, like, I'm not practicing what I believe in? For sure. However, I love it. It's the Bell Hooks was really into it. Another name drop. Oh, uh, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Radical <laughs> openness means developing a passion for going the opposite to where we are. So it means actively seeking areas of our lives we want to avoid or may find uncomfortable yes. to learn. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. So that is so these three pieces all fit together and I think that they should be like I always bring up uncomfortable conversations in my classes and I can tell if some students are ready. Look, I hope me being like, go take, like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you, you do you and what you need to do at this time. Cause I can't, but I, I'm not going to not talk about this stuff right. mm-hmm. because I think that's the issue because mm-hmm. we pretend that it's not, we're not living in this very amazing, rich, Rife political context oh, yeah. all the time, you know. <laughs> so looking at it like we just need to find what's gonna going to work for each each individual student. Acknowledging that I'm gonna I have biases, you have biases. We all come from our own identity markers. Questioning things, does it work for you? And then with the idea, and I hope to be a role model of it. Of it's okay to go in the places that are uncomfortable, but you have to know when it feels unsafe for you. Mm-hmm. Keep yourself safe, mm-hmm. but those like um, well I'm not good at writing are you not good at it or is it because it's uncomfortable and really hard you know who was really uncomfortable when they were 17 at writing was me Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: it's not that I'm a bad writer and I've actually learned to be a pretty articulate writer and a well I can organize my thoughts yeah it just took me longer to develop it Mm -hmm. and rather than me thinking it's the whole growth fixed mindset stuff Instead of me thinking that I don't have the capacity, I just needed... And I found a teacher, in, or a TA, actually, a teacher advisor. who's was barely older than me, but he's in English. He was doing his master's in English at university, and he was my TA. And he's like, you got it. You're just not organized. Oh. And this is how to do it. And I was like, "Whoa," ah! You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he did this. Rather than I don't have the capacity, I'm broken, I'm never going to do it. He was like... Uh, and I totally... Mm-hmm. So those all things fit. With my last point... I love you so well, much. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I like, You're
0: so organized. And, like, yeah. I, like, things I change. <laughs> right.
2: Literally. And then this is my last point. The idea, my my philosophy... So, again, we have to acknowledge where our philosophies lie. And mine is this. There's a UBC professor named Evan Thompson who uses this idea of cosmopolitanism... cosmopolitanism And it's this. We have an obligation to all human beings. Each of us can and should, and I use should very rarely. I don't like should unless it's ethics. Like, Mm -hmm. you should be doing this. What? Who are you? But (laughs) (laughs) we should value particular human lives within its diversity. And when you look at ecology... And the stories of ecology, the more diverse an ecosystem, the better. Mm -hmm. The more fit it is, the healthier it is, the more it can withstand environmental challenges. I don't think humans are different because we are a part of
1: You are an individual who's very good at staying in touch with your students. A lot of people feel comfortable talking to you. And so I ask you this question about you have been surrounded by a lot of like mental health issues I guess mm-hmm. or like students have been sharing a lot of their like personal lives with you and just being an educator what have you noticed in the student body in change and however long you've been a teacher have you noticed a change or has it been the
2: same things that are the same are that the time of adolescence is that has been the t- same always children they have bad manners. Contempt for authority. They show disrespect for elders and love chatter in place of exercise. They no longer rise when elders enter the room. They contradict their parents and tyrannize their teachers. Children are now tyrants. This is 3,000 wow. years that, old. This is the, our This is who's again? Socrates. 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 Yeah, yeah. the okay. like, a drama teacher, I can't tell. This is over 25 around 2500 years old that they were like oh children nowadays are so you know what I mean (laughs) and I'm like maybe that's just how it is like we all are Mm -hmm. that as an adolescent like I don't know anyway putting that out there and (laughs) and so that piece of needing to grow and I mean you're all graduating this year
0: oh yeah and
2: you are all (laughs) making like big life decisions mm-hmm. and it's <laughs> and it's scary uh-huh. mm-hmm. but you, so in order to be able to be ready you have to rebel against what you've been in right now not not fully and the rebellions might be small or little but you have to be like I'm going to do it my way because guess what you are you that's what's happening mm-hmm. Yeah, you you, you, you're not going to live with your parents your whole life well maybe some people do but mm-hmm. you you're going to forge your own way. Mm-hmm. All of you in this room are going to, going to make decisions and you'll make decisions that sometimes your parents are worried about or don't like. And you, you, that's hard, especially depending on where your relationship is with your parents. Mm-hmm. And to be like, I am different and I am marking my own way and it's you just gotta trust me. And that is adolescence. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, you have to push and mm-hmm. t- test boundaries and all those things, so that's the same. We all did it. And anyone who says they didn't, again, it's like the selling something. I'm like, uh, okay. (laughs) Sure, sure. That's true. Um, Anyway, and everyone does it differently. But I have noticed some great changes. When I started teaching 17 years ago, discussions, like in drama especially, Mm. discussions around appropriating other people's cultures in a derogatory manner in scenes, where I'd be like, uh... You're not going to play a Jamaican pothead, basically, as a suburban European descent young teenager because mm-hmm. you have no idea. Like, you don't, mm-hmm. you're, like, you, they They really like, didn't get that then. Mm-hmm. I don't have to explain that to students anymore. They're like, oh, yeah, that's not, that doesn't sound right. Right. Yeah. Whereas I really did. They were like, what are you talking about? Really? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 17 years ago, that was like, we were just starting the discourse of how do we talk about ethnicity in stories and not in non-appropriative way. That conversation was just really starting at like a grassroots level. Was it at academia and out in the world? Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Was it like in the classrooms? It was just really starting then. But what I've seen the most is during the pandemic,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: there was a lot of Things seem to be steaming out of control before the pandemic, I will be honest. So was that already there? Yes. Was it talked about as much? Maybe not. I don't know. I feel like it's fairly normal, except for people are taking less risks in my classrooms. Oh, that's true. Like they're shyer, they're more withdrawn. They're afraid to be seen. Mm -hmm. They don't want to make a mistake. And I don't know how, like I'd have to really dig into how the pandemic is a part of that. But that is the shift of the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. That big splashy, I'm going to be on stage and totally risk and maybe it's successful, maybe it's a failure, but I can handle it. That piece is sort of missing. Will it come back? For sure. I think we're out of practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we're just out of practice taking these live risks. This is going to be edited. Mm -hmm. I can be like, oh, whoops, I just burped. Can you edit that? You know, <laughs> but in real life, that's not the. That's. We just we're not used to taking real life risks right now because everything mm-hmm. has been curated and. That you know, makes sense. Yeah. That's what I've noticed, and if that's that's not really a mental health thing, that is a, just a, a practice
0: thing. It's just what happened when the pandemic had everyone quarantining. Everyone's yeah. just in their own homes kind of or clues I mean I don't know if that's the right word well
2: no that's true Yeah. zooming and then I have a filter on zoom it's so great <laughs> I can like wake up and throw a headband in and have crazy hair <laughs> and this like filter kind of softens the wrinkles and I don't know it, like the contrast of the big bags under my eyes and my, my pasty skin it doesn't like it kind of softens that and I was like dang <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fabulous, well, you know. that's a little nice of this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: and that, that we don't like that the whole idea of instagram mm-hmm. filters and all that stuff there's we forget how to live an unfiltered life mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's the, p- the piece that i've known i'm interestingly that's more in the grade 10 when the pandemic struck they were in grade 8 yeah wow and grade 8 is oh, your formative years like think of you in grade 8 I don't want to to either. Right? (laughs) This is so. We all go like, oh, and then (laughs) everyone, and that's when the pandemic struck. These students that are in grade eight, and I can feel the grade tens, are really other grades too. There's this sense of of rebelliousness, more than mental. Well, and that is maybe a form of mental wellness that will need to be worked on, but in terms of society, but that anger and pushback and I'm tired of being told what to do and if you tell me to put my mask on one more time, like I'm just you can feel it in the hallways and, you know, all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and will we just push it through until it ends? Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: then we can dabble more again in unfiltered lives. I've been here for five years, which is nothing like, you know, dare say someone like Triggs who's been here for 25 years. He was saying that You can barely remember two fights at this school itself in 20 years. In a decade, there'd be two fights. There were two fights in two days this year. Devious licks, this barking issue. And individually, like I know some of the people that are engaging in some of those activities, and if I talked to them individually, they'd be like, oh my gosh. I
0: regret it. I regret Um, it,
2: 100%. But there's this vibe. We all have it. I feel a bit angsty. I'm old, I'm kind of tired for angst, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Mm." I don't mean angst that I don't want to follow the rules because I I know what the structures are in place are meant to keep us safe. I just, it's just, and you can, all suddenly I feel a lot of empathy to people who were under war rations in World War I, World War II. Mm -hmm. People were losing their children, their sons to war. And suddenly my empathy to historical things that have happened that, I really didn't understand it's just and I still never probably won't fully I hope mm-hmm. but I it just gives me a window in to really get it I can feel it I think but, for us too we've yeah. been in
1: like a period of time where nothing has really happened for 90-ish years
2: yes. Anymore. yes
1: and so we all just like don't understand that like people used to go through that as their whole lives and we're not used to that anymore so then something happens and we're like
2: whoa World War Two, Korean War, I mean the memorials are there and we see the names, but mm. we don't we don't know. Mm-hmm. And then we go through I mean, I've never, ever in my whole life been through something that is as divisive or as divisive, depending on who you are, as what we're going through right now in terms of political opposition. Mm-hmm. It's so rife and there's this real tension. It's just a real thing, mm-hmm. and there was extremists on all sides, all cajillion sides. And I have dabbled, I'm sure, in my you know in my own thoughts where I'm my like catching myself, like, well, that's not really, that's like really judgmental on this side. And there's going to have to be, there will be a shift. This has happened before. You look at 20th century history, world history, social studies, and just in general, to me, is a really important subject mm-hmm. because we need to know where we came from so we know we can put it into context for right now. Right. It's know? like
0: learning from your mistakes. Well, not mistakes necessarily, but like well, experience. experience, right? 100%. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, it feels very prejudiced right now, but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily on the old markers of what made things prejudiced. It's on like a new set
0: of what can we deal with it now? Like, yeah, like, and I I, yeah. I think
2: the pendulum will swing like it always has. People get tired of it. I was it's Black History Month. I've been really looking into the civil rights movement and just seeing where, we're, where we are in Canada. It's interesting to compare, say, January 6th in the United States mm-hmm. last year versus the occupation of Ottawa this year, comparing cultures, how we deal with things, this movement that's happening. Like, it's really, it's fascinating. Do I want to be an arbiter of, of change? Yes. Does the change that I want to be a part of, I want it to I want to find some common ground so we can move forward.
0: Is there any advice that you'd like to say to any Gen Zs?
2: You've got to em- embrace who you are to move forward. And self reflection doesn't have to be self beating up. It can be truly like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. you know what? We we tend to think that the things that we have that maybe we don't like about ourselves, we really like beat ourselves up about it. But really, it's just like, well, do I, Is it really that bad? Do I want to work on that one? I think I'll leave that one. I'm going to try. Right. These ones are bigger. You know, like to be a little gentle, more kind to ourselves. But another one that came to my mind was, stop. What did I bring? Do I have
1: it now? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of our Teacher Insider series. We will see you in the next episode. Bye.